Hey everyone, this is your host, Christine S., and you're listening to Fuck It, Let's Talk, the podcast that focuses on the intersection of parenting and mental health with, of course, a little bullshit in between. I'm here to create a space where people, including myself, can be their true, authentic, honest selves about topics that sometimes can be hard to talk about or, well, just need to be talked about. Today I'm here with Gabriel, a domestic abuse survivor and father who channeled his pain into video games. Welcome, Gabriel. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So good to be here. So happy that we're making this happen. Yes, we are so happy to have you. Absolutely. (laughs) So, you know, we started off talking about the relationship that you were in. Do you want to start your story there, like with how that came to be and how you started, like how it unfolded? Sure, absolutely. So it it really, so it begins really with, so for a long time, I was living with what I ultimately found out in, I want to say, I want to say mid, late 2016, I want to say late 2016 of having both codependency and depression. And when that happened, that was really the first layer of everything that started that started to un become undone within me. And within this time, I, you know, I had been close with someone who who really who I saw who I saw more of in than she did in of herself more often than not. Not wasn't always the case, mm-hmm. but. Um, but it was someone is you know she was deeply involved in my community that I was running. She was running it with me alongside a couple of others. Um, we were we were getting things done, and you know it was really good. It was unforeseen. It was unplanned. It was, and I think that was part of the the beauty and the tragedy of it because. You yeah, know, because there was no goal when I met her. I met her at a networking event alongside a number of others, and I just, just again, it just wasn't a plan. It just I saw things in her that, and I then I said to her, like, you know, I run this community, like, and I think you know your energy, your vibe, you would be a great part of this uh, because you would bring something, you would bring a perspective that no one else has really introduced other than myself. And it just became this very budding, growing, you know, connection. And it was wonderful for, you know, for quite some time, you know, and, yeah. you know, but going back to what I mentioned about my codependency and my depression, you know, things were happening with me prior to meeting her and, but just in the very surface level beginning to understand what those things were. And once yes. I came to understanding what that was, I started like trying to talk about it, starting researching, try, you know, just something to start to make sense of it all. Because suddenly I had skeletons in a closet that I didn't think had any at all. And, you know, I needless to, yeah. needless to say, um, you know, it, you know, I had been, I was in a relationship I was getting closer to the, you know, her at, you know, you know, you know, the, you know, the girl I was became connected with and things Mm -hmm. were, it all made sense. It all made sense on so many levels. Why for so many years I had lived this certain life way of life of trying to feel attractive, trying to feel handsome, trying to feel validated in all of it from others and not necessarily, you know, my, you know, because codependency comes in so many different forms, drugs, alcohol, you know, yes, things like that. For me, it was physical relationships. It, it, you know, it was intimacy. And, you know, so for me, it, again, it was just this massive unraveling. And, it, and, it, and sadly, that was, that was taken advantage of. And when I started to see, ah, yes. you know, and I, when I started to see the signs and I started to push back a bit, you know, you know, and then it, it just, the intensity of, of the behavior of the aggressive and then ultimately 
abusive behavior and I, and I, and I think that's important to make the distinction you know because it's it's really mm-hmm. quick nowadays that people call something abusive I was like well wait no let's let's take it back for a second it's like yeah maybe people were just pissed i mean i get doesn't, doesn't none of it makes it right it's just but 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 yes but, of course you know but we're so quick to blanket something you know with just you know one word blanket everything it's like wait 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 there are distinctions and we have to be able to be knowledgeable in that it's extremely important right so because that's where the judgments come in. But anyway, I'm jumping ahead. Point is, is that it became it, be- <laughs> it became it became just this dissent. And the when I started speaking out more and more, and she started realizing she was losing control of me, you know, she ultimately it became a manipulative blackmailing thing. I'm gonna tell everybody what you're doing with me if you don't do this. I'm gonna tell them. I'm gonna tell everybody. And yeah, and, and okay. it was not the first time I it, it was the first time I had heard something like that. So, you know, this, that, something on that level being, you know, being said to me, but it wasn't the first time yes, I had been yeah. said, you know, listen, you know, you want this to be better. You want me you want me to be nicer. You know, you got to, you know, you know, I, you got to You got to give me something. You got to give me something in return. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, um, it led to, you know, what at that point that encounter you know at that time for a long time to me was this is what i'm used to this is what i deserve i screwed up and i had this coming that you know this this is what i got you, you so know. you had like a guilt cycle that she kind of implanted into your head that made it feel like okay mm-hmm. so this is my fault i deserve this and there's no fault on right. her. And because of the codependency part of it, you're physically, you're responding like what you, what you are used to responding, you know, like, and it didn't, but none of it felt right. None of it was, you know, it was, I felt, I know how I felt at that point, And I felt, I felt, I felt empty. I felt lost. I felt powerless. I felt disgusting. I was in tears. She, and right in front of her and she looked at me like, why are you crying? Are you Okay. And I was just dead silent I was, because I, 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 I knew through my feelings what happened, but verbally, I couldn't, I couldn't put it together. And it took a long time. It took a very, very, it took a very long time for me to put it together. What had actually, what happened. And then, and yeah. so through that time, you know, months, months into it later, you know, I find out she, you know, she's pregnant and, and then, ah, yes. you know, and so, you know, and the and the reality is, you know, for me was this was her, you know, this was her opportunity to hold on to me once and for all. You know, she's like, now you yes, don't get to go yeah, anywhere. Absolutely. You know, she's like, you want to get rid of me? Good luck, because now I'm going to have your kid, you know, which is, you know, extremely sick, extremely sick behavior. Yes. Period. Yes. Doesn't so matter. that's yeah. like something that she said to you was yeah. like, you can't get rid of me now i'm gonna have your yeah, child pretty much pretty much you know and it and there were platitudes in between all that but that's what but that's what abusers do there's platitudes in it to maintain control and you know and for her it was you know it, for her the 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 mo was i'll stop if you just be with me i'll stop if you just be with me and you know and now that i'm having your kid and it was never said, but it was, but the actions always made it implied was, I will, I will be better if you just be with me and we can be a family. Why? Let's just be a family, you know, and, and, you know, which is just an enhanced version of I'll change it. I'll, I'll change if you stay, you know, which is so, tip, yes, so typical, yeah. you know, and it's a, such a, it's such a common foundation. So so as time went on, you know, my kid's born, I had removed myself from her at that point, And it was really difficult. It was really difficult because, you know, I, how could I, because I was going through the challenge of being there, my kid was born, but also looking at my abuser, like just looking at my abuser, how, yeah. and, and like, how could I be there? No, and you know, how can I be there knowing what, how this happened? And you know, and that's a thing that I think very few people, you know, 
will take the time to understand because you know we hear so many things about fathers just running you know fathers just running peacing yeah, out do. going to buy yep. milk yeah. never coming back that kind of bs and you know and for me you know you know and so and needless to say she capitalized on that and started drawing up a massive narrative in, in, in using all different means you know her family any supporters of her i don't say friends because f- those are not friends the people she the people yeah they they were supporters of her martyrdom so they're not friends so that's not friendship to me because they knew yeah. what she a lot of them knew what she did or she painted this scene of you know, well, I had to because look at what he did. And they're like, oh. That's what I was going to mm-hmm. ask. Like, did he, she perhaps pose it in a different Absolute. way to her friends? Mm-hmm. So to them, they thought that the relationship was a completely different thing than absolutely. it was not. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and it, I mean, and of course, you know, being a mom, you know, it was going to work. You know, it was going to be well received. Like, oh, well, you know, that's just such a father thing to do. That's such a guy thing. Like, what, you know, so many men do that. And there I was, you know, unknowingly being painted in this narrative. And I was silent for years because, you know, my focus was how do I reco- start to recover from what, what's been done to me, but also be a dad and make sure that make sure he knows my son make sure he knows it wasn't his fault none of it was his fault i knew enough then that none of it was his fault i knew enough yes, i knew yeah. i was stable enough to know that i was never going to blame him i was never going to blame him i was i was more scared of anything of what he would become you know and you know and so for me it was so what do i do you know how do i how do I heal from this? How do I recover? How do I recover from this? So I, I'm sorry, you were going to ask something. No, I was going to say, um, like, so did you break up? Were you still with her when your son was a so baby? Like, cause you're talking about recovering. And so I'm wondering like, were you know, were you guys separated or together? So we, so we were, so, you know, we, we were, we were together that, you know, we had, we did separate for a period of time. Um, because I, I, and I told her like, I, I can't be around you because like, there's just, there was just the, so many, so many lies, so much harm. And, you know, and I just, I don't know what else I don't like, I, I, I'm, I'm done. it. so it was ultimately, and it was shortly after I had my first suicidal ideation or, and, and at that mm-hmm. point it's like, I can't. I can't, I got to fight back somehow. I got to, even if it means screaming unreasonably, something has to start. And so, and so I did and she couldn't believe it. She couldn't understand it. She was in tears and that's why I wasn't there. You know, that's why I wasn't there when he was born and it sucked, but that was the choice I had to make, you know, and it was, it was an extremely, it was an extremely hard process in choosing that. But the choice wasn't hard. It was the process was very difficult. And again, it's an extremely important distinction. It's because it's very easy for perception to say, oh, well, he just peaced out. You know, he just ran, you know, saying he should have manned up, you know, and just showed up. And it's like, yeah, maybe in the 60s where things were, you know, where things were loving and hippie like and shit. Sure. When, you know, and we, and, well, I mean, not for everyone, right. you can, you never know what everyone's family. Right, right, like. right, right. Yeah. You know, in a lot of cases, yeah. I'm not, yeah. What did I say about blankets? Yeah. I wasn't trying to do that. Sorry. But, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, but it's, it's the mindset, you know, and, and the, the point of, of, of that, you know, of, of the comment was to say the conversations on mental health was just not a thing back then it was just it just wasn't a thing it yeah you know, it really it, was it really not was. Yeah. and that's really the, the point I'm, I'm trying to make here is like it, it just it was much more narrow-minded you were you were it was much more held against you especially where i was from you know particularly held against you it's like yo you're a man get, get through it get past it get past it it doesn't work it doesn't really it doesn't, it doesn't yep. really work once you've recovered yeah. you can get past it but there's but there's things that you got to do right so but 
so ultimately we did end up reconnecting um and you know we very we we started sort of fresh so to speak nothing happened you know at all like at all good or bad like it just we were just trying to rebuild the civil part of one another and and mm-hmm. it was okay you know it was you know there were apologies and i think that was one of the hardest things about that was she had actually apologized and and acknowledged what she had done you know she never went so far to say the exact thing that she did but even at that point for me i was still wrapping in my head around what had happened you know and 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 how how significant it all was right and so but either way she knew she fucked up and so and pushed me away and so so for her it was we we reconnected we're gonna you know let's let's see what happens from this so for the first year you know i got to grow with him you know i was living there you know i didn't get to see i made sure i saw him every week just you know not very often because i was still in my own recovery and and i and my living situation at that time i was not living in a great area and it just wasn't very safe and i just didn't want to bring him there so like i mean i was living across the street from a guy with a waving a confederate flag very proudly and i'm like yeah probably don't want to bring i don't want probably don't want to bring my kid around here so you know so for me i just felt really lost and you know and i was still very conflicted because i found myself you know frightened on telling her like where i was like where i really was and you know what you know what i was really doing you know other than my focus was just me showing up and spending time with him that was it you know you know like she would try occasionally like you know can we come see you i'm like nope no i don't want you here i will come see you (laughs) but now do you mind me asking like when you say you know it was domestic abuse like what it was it physical like was it just emotional like what was it that um she was doing in fact even like what are some warning signs of domestic abuse mm-hmm. if you're comfortable sharing oh, yeah. what your experience oh absolutely was. oh yeah i could yeah i could share all that i mean you know it start it was a lot there was a lot of um and it was all it was fueled often by insecurity again she when i shared my codependency instead of her working with me you know or you know because i shared everything with her like you know like i need to figure something to do about this instead of her working with me to work on that every you know there was everything was fear-based everything was why are you talking to her everything was what do you you know what do you you know you're doing this became very speculative and anything i said to push back met was met with was you know was was just met with anger you know with with rage and that's how it would begin the abusive the abusive language began there it became ignited because again we talked earlier about the difference between the aggressiveness and then the abusiveness the abusiveness yes. became where she would start she would start looking up the people she, you know she, online she would start she would start looking up people online she would start looking up my friends where i was online then she would call me to question it she would then she would then you know when i would invite her somewhere she would be watching what i was you know who i was talking to you know and say what you know why did you need to talk to her like so for example we were at one we were at one event and then we were hanging i was hanging out with a few different people there she was there too she showed up later on and the immediate presumption was you know i was hitting on her or you know or she was hitting on me it's like no we were just actually talking her boyfriend's right there like that we weren't actually there was none of that and so it there was just this growing silence and that silence because i you know was you know going through what i was going through you know was like hey 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 what's wrong what's wrong let's talk let's talk and there was just more silence and ultimately it led to the behavior of by the time she would leave we would leave she was screaming at me in the parking lot and then i had to go i had to leave i'm like I, I i can't i can't do this it would be an hour of it you know and and it would 
then the conversation would, would then be when I start pushing back, she gets angry, but then I get upset. I'm sorry. Or like, not even I'm sorry. It's like she, she, her, her, her voice changes and there's acknowledgement in the behavior and there, there's pl- the platitudes again. And then I stop and then enough to keep you around right, enough to just keep me there. And then when I'm calm, then there comes back, but you know you did this. And then it just repeats all over again. And then I would leave. And then in this particular night um, that I'm talking about, I was leaving. She chased me in her car, you know, and and put the windows down and started screaming at me in the middle of the road. And that was just like one example. Oh, wow. One example of she was at the top of her lungs screaming at me at the top of her lungs. So up until it was all emotional and mental and psychological. I really say psychological as really a, as really a combination of, of all of that. It wasn't physical until a few years later when I was when, okay. when I was picking when I was, you know, going to pick my son up, well to check on my son and then you know, she was out with family or family or friends or whatever. And uh, apparently she, I was told she had been drinking quite a bit. So I went there to make sure my kid was okay. And a lot of different things happened or a, a number of different witnesses, you know, that, that showed up because I called her family to saying, I'm really concerned about her. I need you to come here. So like her brother came, her stepbrother came, um, I'm sorry, stepbrother, half brother came, um, cousin came someone else came so so we had a few people there you know and even the half brother has suggested maybe we should do a 5150 and i said no i i don't know the extent of what's going on having a better full understanding of the whole scene i'm checking on my kid i'm with him and i just needed to try try to put him to bed but she just wasn't doing well so it just became this thing of like okay i just I, i'm gonna have to take him with me and i didn't want to because again where i was living was just not a safe area but I was like, okay, I got to do yes. something. And so so yeah. as I was, you know, as all that started to unravel, you know, a point, you know, she was berating me, screaming at me, you know, yelling at me. And it just, it, 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 and just things that had happened years prior, she started, you know, she was bringing it into the present as if it was happening. That's one example. Mm-hmm of abusive behavior when they when they don't have anything to talk about now that you're doing wrong per se they'll go back and recycle something something that was resolved or something that actually didn't even happen it just it becomes so the desperation and the abuse becomes becomes driven by speculative fear if that makes sense there's so much speculation yeah and it and so much, you know, just make it's just making shit up, and that you know just in just for them to desperately try to hold on to you. Oh well, remember when you did this? I was like, that never happened. But it's the response they want. It's the response that they yes. feed off of to keep you there and keep the conflict going. And ultimately, it led to the point of me saying to my kid, you know, me saying to my kid, excuse me, me getting my kid in my car and and i because i said that's it i've had enough and i told her brother i keep her away from me and he was he was holding her back and i was putting my kid in my car he was bawling you know he's one at the time he had like just yeah yeah, he was yeah a year and a half and i'm having a breakdown because of just so much that was happening because because my adrenaline is so high and I'm trying to keep it together and I'm breaking down as I'm putting him in my car seat and that's when she punched me in the back of my head, my back, you know, while I was buckling him in. She like let loose from her brother and like the brother had to like pull, like I pushed her back and then he grabbed her and 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 I just... And I and I just like screamed at her like, "How dare you! I'm putting my kid, I'm putting her kid in the car." I was like, like, "Stay away from me!" And you know, and then as that happened, you know, she started to say more things, 
and and like and the family's not doing much else like they're, they're you know he yeah the half brother's holding her back but he's not saying much else like no one's saying anything else and it's like someone yeah, needs to be to saying be like, something hey, other than me they're like no one else is saying anything and and i can imagine there's probably shock from them because they had never seen her like that before you know we, but it, but like it still doesn't excuse the fact that like hey you know no, someone yeah, you know absolutely. i'm trying to ch- i'm trying to protect my kid here make sure you know keep her keep her in check and then as i was ready to walk away she comes up to me and again the behavior it calmed down for a brief moment and then and we're on the street because we're on the street when this is happening and this is another example of you know of the manipulative behavior right that emotionally abusive behavior she started walking backwards onto the street with a truck with a pickup truck coming and i and i'm and i grabbed her oh my I god grabbed her to say and threw her on like the trunk of a car i said what are you doing because she starts saying to me whispering as she's walking backwards you know the, you know you know this is it you don't you know you know you know i get to be good from here now something along those lines and i'm like and i'm like and i just grabbed her because like pickup truck almost smashed into her and you know yeah but then she tells you know and and that's where you know she would tell she would tell others that you know i was trying to walk away from him but he grabbed me and kept and kept and and he grabbed me and and, and threw me on the car gotcha. so instead of so instead of her walking backwards it was her trying to get away from me and it's like no <laughs> that's just one instance of of many many instances again you know it was I shared my mental illnesses and she took advantage of that because she had her own and instead of working on it together, it was only unless we were together, that was the terms and conditions, right? Again, implied, but never actually said, but those were the actions, you know, nothing would actually change but that's what that's what it came down to and now as a parent carrying the shame the regret of that happening how do i talk about that to anybody i'm a guy how do i talk about that to anybody well that yeah that brings me up like i was gonna ask like what role do you think societal attitude toward gender and power play into perpetual into perpetuating domestic abuse because couldn't you argue that you know because men are more often seen as the aggressors societal attitude towards gender is that of course the man would be the abuser and the woman would not be the abuser and so that Mm -hmm. attitude towards gender and power plays in perpetuating domestic abuse you know against men and I, and I think what ha- and ha- that's and that's all correct, you know. I, but that's where the point I was I was going to make was, it's that's where those who you know the men who aren't doing that, you know, we're left in the you know we're we become guilty by association. You know, we've become guilty because well, you're a guy. You know, the men who the aren't men who aren't doing abusing, what the men who aren't actually doing those things. But there's the percept there's the perception because that's what's that's okay. what had happened with me, you know. There's like, well, you know, well, gotcha. well bro, how can okay. you possibly have been sexually abused when you had an erection? How can you po- how can that possibly? And it's like it's it, it's tough to explain that, but it you know even I it's why it took me so long to understand was this actually what happened to me or did I just give in and just make a bad mistake? But it wasn't just a bad mistake. You know, it's like I, re, I when I replay that scene and what was said and how wh- how it led to what it did. That's where it's like, oh no, no! And it's like I, my mental health was was, was manipulated for the, you know for you know for these kinds of means and for control. And it and again when I finally came to terms with that, it was a really shitty feeling. And I, and you know, but it was also freeing because, you know, when you have an illness and you can't put a name to the illness, and then when you finally get a name, you get a diagnosis, things start to get lifted. Mm-hmm. And, 
and and that is very true yes i have experience with that myself yeah that's precisely what happened i had ultimately yeah a couple months after the attack the physical attack um you know i the final straw because one of my problems blessings and curses i guess you could say however you can argue this yeah i was raised to to see i'm like i'm like i saw because my mistake was seeing the good of her and the mistake of you know victims who you know people who are victims of it whether in it or having been in it is that they just wanted they just held on to hope they just held on to the faith that things were going to get better and it just and and knowing knowing that those knowing that those abusers use those platitudes to maintain that kind of control, that's all we needed. They knew yep. that. Yeah. They knew that's all we needed. You know, it's just like, how do we keep them in line? Don't fight them. Give them that. Just give them that little thing. Give them that little morsel, and they're going to stay. Most likely, they're going to stay. And because that's our hope, that's how we were raised in most cases, we fought. We we're, we're in it. And, but then the cycle starts all over again. And we're left reeling. We're left wondering why. We're left, what the fuck? Like, how do I keep falling for this sort of thing? So, so for me, it was, you know, finally seeking help, you know, with a uh, okay. domestic violence center. I reached out to a domestic violence center. I signed, I registered with um, a program here in California called Safe at Home. And that's not a thing you just get. Like, you have to speak with somebody. And I did. And I, and I became, I became part of that. Now, because I had a kid already, there wasn't too much I can do to protect myself so much, but that's where yes, I had the quote yeah. for that, you know, and it was, yeah, and it was, and those things said, and it's funny because I learned about Safe at Home through Twitter, and Twitter, for all that it is now, at that point, you know, some years ago, you know, it was... Um, it, it, you know, that was one of the best things that came from me being on Twitter was like, a, you know, a woman had, had post posted that because it happened to her. And she said, if you need to do this, you need to look up a program like this. Every state has something like that. And I looked it up and sure enough. And sure enough, I found that and I'm like, oh, my God. And and like it was just one of those things where it's like, I wish I found yeah. this. Sooner. And so so again, so now so all of this is coming into play and the oh. I remember the, the the point I was going to make a, a moment ago. the The final stand for me was, and this is this is to answer your question your your question as another example of abusive behavior. I was on the phone with my son, and you know he's one. You know he's he just turned one, little little, little over one years old, right? Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry, two. He just turned two at that point because this was March of 2020, and I'm talking with him because at that point she was using him to try to keep talking to me. Because I wasn't seeing her very much. It's like, I don't really want to be around you so much. Because I kept, like, even after the attack, you know, she came to me saying, I, you know, I, you know, I learned I have this. And I learned, you know, I learned I have that. I need you to please be patient with me. I'm trying to, I'm working on trying to get better. I'm doing, and I'm like, okay. And it was fine for a couple months. And then it just started, it just happened all over again. And the final straw, back to my point, was I'm on the phone with my son and, you know, you know, we have a little, you know, quick conversations. He's not saying much, obviously. Yeah, of you know, course. Yeah, he's... but he, but he knows I'm yes, there. Yeah, yeah, they right? still like talking to you. They still like talking to you. Yeah, yeah, he knows I'm there, or whatever. But then she takes control of the conversation, and it became, it was, and at the time I didn't know this. At the time I didn't know this, it was a. So the way it was worded was you use the community, you use the people for your own gain, you used me for your own gain, and a number of other things that I have written down because I don't ever want to forget it, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, neither will the court because the court knows too. And, you know, she was frightened of that. Point is, is that at some point in that conversation was... You may not have deserved the abuse, but you had it coming. That was the last straw. She said that in front of my son, my two-year-old son. wow. And at that time, when when that was said, 
um, I fell for that trap. And the trap was the response, which is what I can safely say. I'm no doctor. What I can safely, but I can safely say because of my of my work that I do now, I can safely say narcissistic like behavior. Yes, yeah. It was. It wasn't them telling me what I did. It was self projection. It was them confessing what they did through me. Okay. So. I didn't understand what that meant. Yes, yeah. That took that me me saying what I just said now took me a year almost to understand what was actually what actually happened then. Cuz it felt so twisted, but I still knew enough that that was the last straw. Okay. And I said, "You just normalized the abuse. Are you normalizing the abuse?" And I said, "That is it." And that's where I sought that help, got the safe at home. And she says, well, if you do that, I'm taking you to court. I said, and, and I said, my resp- and the hope was that I would say, no, please don't. No, please yes, don't. Yeah. But my response was, go ahead. And there, she fell apart. She lost her power. She was, it just all changed. She lost it. She lost it because I said, go for it. That brings me to, I was going to say, like, how did you learn how we can hold abusers accountable for their actions and prevent them from reoffending? Like, is there something that you learned, you know, about that from your experience? Right. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can. What I one thing I learned is that the judicial the judicial system is not always as advertised they uh, say, i think we all know that <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 but for me you know for me though you know you again there's you know again my the way i was raised i was trying not to be cynical i was really doing my best not to be cynical because i for me because i was in the early stages of my recovery I was trying to just grasp onto whatever little hope I could get, whatever little hope I could I could hold on to, mm-hmm. whatever little hope I could hold on to, and there was that hope that like my God, I just because for me my hope was just being heard, and then if I'm heard, not just being heard, being listened to. Yes, yeah, and that's something that we all need and should have, and. I mean, it's yeah. that's a basic human need right there is to just be heard, actually heard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like listen to like that. The like the language I've been using is listen to. Yeah, because I find and and it's not to dismiss the response of I hear you. It's not to dismiss or diminish that. But again, we going back to the distinction thing, right? There's a lot of people who are saying, you know, you know, like I hear you, I hear you. But I also hear their tone when they say I hear yeah. you. It's like, fucker, you I don't think you're actually hearing me. I don't even I think what I need you to do, because this is and this is the importance of having these kinds of conversations and breaking these kinds of stigmas, is making it really uncomfortable for them and say, Listen, I don't need you to just hear me. I need you to listen. Yes. Yeah, that's something I'm going through with my parents right now, actually, is where it's like, I need you to actually listen listen i need you to listen but how do we hold the abusers accountable you know how do we hold the abusers accountable so for me it was you know court first and foremost because i you know me trying to have that conversation it was it was never going to happen once she normalized that abuse i was like that's it Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what i say now it doesn't matter you were comfortable to say this on top of all these other things throughout the years now in front of my kid and 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 having weaponized him you know keeping him away from me you know because you didn't get your way all these different things and so for me it was first and foremost court and saying we need different safeguards in place now we need new safeguards in place and i'm gonna i'm gonna say this for those who are listening um in i don't know if there's if this is a thing in other states but in california i have learned there is a thing called a CKO, and that stands for Communicate for Kids Order. It is one of the greatest things this judge created. It's not a law per se, but let me make it very clear: it's gonna help you or break you if you don't if you don't run with this. 
because what it ultimately says is you the one one the one parent cannot call the other parent cannot communicate with the other parent other than by text or email once or twice a week. Period. I've heard about some states having laws that are similar to that or or that there oh, are, you know, my yeah. god. And I'm going to tell you right now, when my attorney and I talked about that, I said because I was fortunate enough to get an attorney through the domestic violence that's center that's fantastic that i was able to connect with it was that's wonderful great. it was absolutely wonderful to be heard cuz you know they focus on you know domestic violence for you know for women but it's like but guys too and it's again it was such a silly question but you know like cuz i even remember saying that the first time in the chat when i spoke to a rep on the chat uh, i can't remember her name but she was so helpful and and i remember saying to her like i don't i feel like an idiot saying this i'm like can i also mention that i'm a guy and she was like, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we're here for you. And I felt like such an idiot after that. I'm like, okay, thank goodness. It's like, okay. But, but you see, again, it's that thing where it's like, I, I didn't know. I was, that's how, that's how vulnerable I was. That's how, that's how fucked I was at that point. Like, I don't know what, to, what else to do. It was, And it also was the misconceptions that, about, you mm-hmm. know, abuse again, being like, you know, of course, yes, statistically speaking, women are abused more. But that is not to say that, absolutely. you know, there aren't men out there who are also being abused. Right. Absolutely. I mean, we've we and, and then there's the other side of it, too, where statistically men commit more men commit suicide than women because men are not speaking out. Men keep yep, everything Yeah, the repressing the emotions. Part of it yes. There's that part of it, too. So that's where it's, it's like so. So it, 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 it just it hurts so much to 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 be in to be in those kinds of things so that's why it was just for me where i am now oh let me finish saying really quick communicate for kids order it may be called something else in other states but but my god find out about yes, that because yeah. that that can help a lot because that has created such a safeguard for me and how we talk because i want nothing to i want nothing to do with that but it's that it's that thing of and I think this is one of those after effects of things it, because there's, you know, there's the fr- there's one particular phrasing of, you know, well, she's going to be in your life no matter what, uh, you know, no matter what, because you have a kid. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and and while there is there is truth to that, you know, for me, I've pushed back and said, well, actually, no, because, yes, though she is who she is, that's it. It's a title thing. There is no, she doesn't get to see me smile. She doesn't get to see me laugh. She doesn't get to see what I'm doing. You guys don't communicate. Yeah, it's not, you say what points that need to be shared about the kid and that is it. There's no. And that's, like, that's it. There is, there is no, she's not a part of what I'm doing. You know, my kid may tell her, oh, daddy and I did this. Oh, I saw daddy do this thing. Cool. Because he's five. Yeah. And that's fine. I ain't got no issue with that because I'm never going to be like, don't tell her what I'm doing. I'm not going to do all that. No. But it's but it's that thing that, again, it goes back to those dis- really important distinction of, no, she's actually not in my life. She's the, she, she exists as a title and nothing more. I don't even say her name at all. I, I don't. I stopped saying her name years ago. I stopped saying her name three years ago. And, and I refuse to, like even in the court documents. Yeah. I don't do it. And, 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 you know, and they hate that. They hate that. But it's like, no, sorry, you, 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 you are the mom. That's it. You don't get, you, you don't. And it really hurts. And I, and I think I want to make this clear. It hurts that it even has to be like this because then, because, you know, the, one of the, we go back to the phrasing thing. One of the other things you come across is the phrasing of, you know, civility, you know, like, well, you know, well, like, wouldn't it just be nice? You know, if, you know, you guys can, you know, like, just be civil. Other, like, go, you yeah. Know, like, just, just be civil. It's like, no. Not in that situation. I, there will be calm. No, no. In this case, no. And, and, and I have a, and I want to, and I want to stress to those, it's because to me, it borderlines on a toxic positivity thing because it's like, if I've shared with you that, that this was out of an abusive relationship, you don't get to tell me. You don't get to talk to me about civility. There's no such thing. As, and even if there is in that moment, it's never certain. It's never certain. The rules change 
when trauma and abuse come into play when in a relationship yeah absolutely in a relationship that's ended and people do and people do love to give their opinions you know about you know your life and mm. you know situations that oh, are going on but that you know also mm-hmm. that brings me to how can we better educate young people about healthy relationships and consent to prevent more of this domestic abuse happening absolutely absolutely so for me, something I've been doing. So I've been I've been working in mental health because of what's happened to me. I prior to my career, this career now, I was in human resources, mm-hmm. right? And but you know, and so now in mental health, you know, it's I became certified peer and trauma support. I then became certified, you know, as a support group facilitator. I then became certified as a speaker to speak out about these things. And, you know, and so in these different groups, you know, I started, I started in support groups, volunteering, listening to, listening to what others are going through, learning what others are going through. And, you know, it starts with empathy, but it starts with genuine empathy, not robotic empathy. Yes. Again, distinction, again, distinctions. Don't be robotic in your empathy. Don't, you know, don't be, you know, again, it's like, it's like the, I hear you thing. It's like, cool, right? And I mean, you want kids, kids to be right. empathetic, but does that prevent, does being empathetic, is that enough of a tool to prevent them from dealing with abuse themselves? It's a, found, it's a so it's a foundation, but where, it's a foundation, but it's not the end all. The, the, where you have to build off that. And, in the, and, the, and, the, and the other elements are the boundaries, the, you know, the saying, listen, you know, I'm here for you, you know, but also I need to take care of me. I also need to make sure I take care of me. And, and it's a really hard thing to do. That is you know, a, it is a really hard thing to do. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's not, and it's one of those things that, you know, through in past generations and past decades, wasn't really talked about very often, you know, cause we, it was seen as selfish. Yes. Well, 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 yes. Well, 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 how dare you think of yourself? But the reality is now people who react like that are wishing they had the ability to do what you are doing. Yes. And yeah. that's what it's come down to now. So, and so, but then we hit this point over the past several years that we judged people for that. And that's also, that's a big, big, big mistake because like, wait, 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 we can't just mark them for that. They're only going off what they know. Right. You know, so let's educate them. And again, which now leads to your thing, you know, your question, like, how do we educate that? We start in, you know, for me, it was support groups for me, you know, for me, it's going to visiting, visiting these schools, going to when I, I run an open mic. So I, you know, and in my open mic, you know, I have people of all ages there. And in fact, a great example, just a couple of weeks ago, I actually shared what happened with me. And I've been running this thing for several years, but through, you know, but there, but over the past few months, there's been this specific kind of crowd and again, all ages, and it'll vary from time to time, whatever the case, but, but I, but this particular night, it was probably three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. And I like revealed what happened to me because I, I came across a poem, which I wrote a couple years ago that I was strong enough to write, but not strong enough to, to share mm-hmm. openly. But then I come across it and I said, damn, that's it. It's time. And so I, but so before I read this poem, I did all these things. I shared all this stuff with them and I, and, and it was high schoolers. It was a group of high school students, you know, couples that were there, parents and kids. And I told them all, Y'all need to be there for each other. You need to start listening to one another and you need to start understanding that whatever your representation is, you know, because, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to share your pronouns. It's cool to share your representation. It's cool to share your culture. It's cool to share all those things. But at the end of the day, what we need to start asking for is, are you an asshole or not? Are you going to treat me like shit or (laughs) not? Because I don't care what you are. It's like, it's great that you have all these things. Right. And because, again, it's not to diminish or, dis- or it's not to, to dismiss or diminish those things. But at the end of the day, if you're an asshole, I don't care what you are. Like, I don't care where you're from. And that's where I say I say to them, what happened to me can't happen to my kid. I'm going to do everything to make sure it doesn't happen. Yes, to my kid. absolutely. So my kid, just before he turned five, as another answer to your question, 
I had a conversation with him, and this is super important to parents, especially if you have a young one. As soon as you're, if you're, if you're having conversations with your kid, no matter how young he is, say the two most important words to them: mental health. And I said that to him because he asked me. Yeah, asked me, yeah. I do the same thing with my kid. I really communicate, you know, with the mental health and all of that. Well, we're starting to hit like mm-hmm. the end of the time bit, so yeah. I always like to sure. end with. Um, the guest sharing some like some sort of grateful thing. So today it would be what are three traits about yourself that you like? The three traits about myself I like. I am an absolute goofball and I am an <laughs> un, unabashedly hilarious goofball. I laugh at just about everything. I just, I'm the I same way. About, yes, it, I love that. <laughs> my 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 tolerance level for offensiveness you're gonna have to try really super hard to. I'm the me. same way. Then, yeah, I'm probably I'm probably gonna laugh at it then too because that that's just me. I'm a massive. I I, I embrace video games and the arts like 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 few do because you know it, it's what's helped me express myself in different ways when talking is. So video games is another enough. one. So you're yep, a goofball yep. Game, and yeah, gaming, gaming. Po- gaming and poetry. Yep. Yep, goofball, gaming, poetry, yep, that kind of thing. And, you know, yeah, really any, I really would even say, go further to say anything in the arts, gaming, music, poetry, any of that stuff. That's just a huge for me. I embrace the hell out of that. And then I think finally, I would say, I value, I know how to value the silence. I know how to value the quiet. That's nice, I know, yeah. And, 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 I, and I didn't always do that. I used to be pretty terrible at it. And sometimes it still tries to get the best of me because I, you know, I, I tend to still get sucked into the routine of things, but I think I've become a lot better because of my recovery, because of the reclamation that I've been doing for myself to now show my son, to now show other people to say, yeah, I went through this, but you know, I'm not a, I'm not a survivor anymore. I, I am an advocate and a voice for domestic abuse i am an advocate and a voice for not 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 again not to dismiss or not to dismiss it or 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 um or disregard it not mental illness but mental empowerment yes because for me it's what's the next step what where do we go from here now how do we unite and become better within ourselves to be better for us yeah and And it's empowerment it's empowerment yeah that's a great way that's a great you know definitely a great message to end on there about you know empowerment so well thank you so much for coming and talking with us today i've really enjoyed hearing your story thank you so much yeah well thank Thank you you. absolutely oh yeah absolutely Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day, and Fuck It, Let's Talk is available on pretty much all your podcasting platforms. For a link to them all, visit anchor.fm backslash Talk, where you can also leave comments about episodes and answer questions I might have for my listeners. For other links, visit me at Podcast on Instagram, where you can find links for our Patreon and our new Etsy store. As always, thank you for listening. Fuck it, let's keep talking.